Greetings and welcome to another Black Faith in HIV Table Talk. I am Demi McCoy, and today we're going to have a discussion and conversation about faith, HIV, and stigma. I have two very esteemed guests with me, and I'm going to allow them a chance to introduce themselves. So, Shay, let's start with you. Um, my name is Shay Shaw, and I am a PA at Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. So, Lewis. Hi, I am Melissa McQueen Simmons. I am an ordained uh, pastor in the United Church of Christ. I am the spiritual director and virtual pastor for Holy Ground Spiritual Center, spelled W-H-O-L-Y. Awesome. Thank you both for being here uh, today. I'm very excited for our discussion. So let's kick this off with, and now, Melissa, I'll ask you this first. What does faith against stigma mean to you? Oh, faith against stigma to me means having a belief, a trust in something that's bigger than you and believing that that spirit or the divine of your understanding is calling you to live in a space that creates life amongst others. And what that looks like in action is being a person that lives a life full of compassion and empathy for every living thing and every human being on this on this earth. I like that. I like that. You mentioned creating those spaces of life and life-giving moments. And, and so I'm going to ask the same question. Uh, you know, you work with life all the time and in health, you know, as a PA. And so what does faith against stigma mean for you? Uh, I think to echo what Melissa was saying. Did I say your name? Yeah. Okay. I That's perfect. Um, I wanted to um, echo a little bit, just having as a woman of faith and a woman in healthcare, mm-hmm. I have, um, you know, a unique perspective where I, you know, my own personal convictions and then what I do to make sure that the lives of people are quality and whole, right? Mm-hmm. So that they're healthy in their bodies. And then again, being a woman of faith, being healthy in your spirit, right? And so I feel like when we talk about faith against stigma, there are so many ways that we believe in things that are greater than us, to your point, right? Yeah. And that we take the things that we believe and make sure that we come against those things that are stigmatizing. And... um ultimately, I think, demoralizing to us as human beings, right? Because humanity is beautiful. Yes. And in all forms, in all shapes. And um, I I think everybody has the right to live a beautiful human life. And we have to come against that and use what we believe in 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 higher capacity to come against that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in in your context, in your work, how have you seen sort of faith in HIV show up? Um, I think, so I, I work in a, a branch of medicine that primarily deals with skin. Mm-hmm. And so um, I see um, a lot of patients that have HIV come into our office and have some cosmetic things as well as some, um, you know, um, more devastating things that are happening in their bodies. And in that space, I have the opportunity to deal with both. 
right? So I can address them as a healthcare professional. And these are the things that you need to do so that your body can be healthier, your body can be whole, but that I can also address spiritual aspects, right? How are you doing? You know, how are we living? Is there anything else I can do to help you in this space outside of just giving you medicines and things like that? So I feel like, you know, and then I've also seen people at the end of their space, at the end of their time in this on this earth, and really coming to terms with the fact that, you know, in that space, everyone's looking toward, you know, their higher um, being, their higher calling, what they believe in outside of this body and being able to bridge that gap and stand there with them in dignity, right? Absolutely. Makes me think of holistic care. And so, Melissa, I'm going to come back to you and and ask, how does it show up in your context and in your work? Yeah, so as pastor, as friend, as family member, as chaplain, I have seen it show up in all of those capacities. And usually when I'm sharing and listening in that space, most of the time uh, the sharing comes from not having a faith community that affirms them or not having a space where they can feel comfortable just living their best selves. So most of the time it shows up as a conversation uh, about religious trauma and about uh, how to find the hope, how to find the, the will to live um, when you don't know if having this is going to affect how you hang out with your family or your church family. So for me in that context, it is one where I am used to inspiring and helping them find what will inspire them uh, to live uh, in spite of, you know, with that language. Or, you know, I do have people who are very churchy or with this thorn in mm -hmm. their flesh, you know, if you will, uh, knowing that you can do anything because God has given you all the tools you need to live and move forward. And as community, there are people that will affirm you. So that's the context that it usually show up in for me. Okay, absolutely. So if you all can name one thing um, that you would like to see people do to address HIV-related stigma, what would it be? And Melissa, I'll come back to you. Okay. So I guess it's, it's kind of two things. Okay. The first thing is I would want people to be mindful that it's still here, even though science have um, been advanced and people have been able to uh, control it. I want people to be reminded that the infection rates are still rising. And knowing that, I believe that everyone should get some type of sexuality education that's age appropriate for them um, because most of us did not get that education when we were younger. So just embracing and being mindful that 
it's not too late to get sexuality education that's age appropriate, that's comprehensive, I believe will help with uh, the this rise in an infection rate. So that's what I want. Okay. Do you do you feel that your your faith community or other faith spaces are ones that can take up that mantle of of helping folks get that sexuality education? Absolutely. Uh, I am actually a um, a facilitator for a sexuality uh, education program. And it's comprehensive. And what we do is we teach adults how to teach sexuality to children that are in kindergarten all the way through older adults. And it's called Our Whole Lives. And it's it's called Sexuality in Our Faith. So I believe once we're able to just have this conversation about sexuality in our faith spaces and in schools, <laughs> you know, that, that are real, um, with real inclusive language, mindful that um, gender and uh, sexual orientation, all these things are on the table now in 2022, um, then I believe this world can move a little bit forward when it comes to people uh, creating policies and bills that are uh, related to the community that I'm a part of, the LGBTQ plus community, because it's like these people that make these bills, they don't have any idea what's going on. They, some of them have never met a trans person. Mm -hmm. They've never met a person with HIV and AIDS. You know, they haven't even talked about sex in the church. Mm -hmm. So we, we're living in this world where people are just making decisions about us. And we're mindful that we didn't get the education we needed from way back then, you know, and I can move into this conversation of indoctrination among other things. But I believe once we're able to have this real conversation yeah. about how to protect ourselves and others, then things will kind of fall into place. Um, yeah, education is big for me right now. Uh, I have a four-year-old who who's now realizing what her body is mm -hmm. and she's in pre-k so that's why having education about sexuality in kindergarten is key we're it's like we're living in this world where people are just just moving backwards and not really ready to grasp the reality of how beautiful we are and how we were created and how sexuality is a gift. Um, so they don't want to talk about the HIV and AIDS because they just assume people get it from having sex um, all the time. So, yeah, I know I'm going on a rant because I get passionate about this. Okay. <laughs> I get passionate about this yeah. um, because it just it's just one of those soft spots when I know that something as simple as education can help us just move a little bit further absolutely. in this world. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key point. I almost preach, y'all. <laughs> That's okay. I would have had amen if you would all hit to me. <laughs> it's okay. I'd have come right behind you. We love the amen. <laughs> so how about for you, Shay? What's one thing that you want people to do to address HIV-related stigma? I think, you know, the same thing that Melissa was saying, we have to have some comprehensive education. And it needs to start very young. I think that 
we kind of the days are gone where we just kind of um, give nicknames to body parts. I can't stand it. It drives me up the wall a bit. But giving nicknames to like body parts. And then, you know, if, so if something happens, they can't even out, uh, like appropriately articulate. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What's going on with them or what has happened to them or what has happened in their body. And so starting with just, you know, naming your body parts appropriately. If you don't have the language, find someone that has the language like. It's okay if you don't know because there are plenty of resources out there. And then, you know, um, everything at this point is on Google. So, like, I mean, you you can you can pretty much look up anything. So if you don't have the um, knowledge base, then find someone who has. Like um, Melissa, she has the comprehensive um, work there. And keeping an open mind to things that are not like you. Right. And so, and, and I just, that is, um, and it, it, it's pervasive through all, you know, parts of society, Mm -hmm. um, including faith spaces, including medical spaces. Um, even though we're trained to like leave bias, you know, at home or, or, um, to have these non-biased things, it comes into how, um, we treat one another. It comes into how we treat our patients, even though we work very hard and very diligently for that not to be the case. Right. So making sure that you're working on that kind of unconscious bias that permeates itself into how you care for those that are around you. Um, but I think education is the key. I think we lack so much of it in um, um, certain spaces and just kind of bridging that gap in having um, healthcare professionals speak to in faith spaces and and educating on actual facts and actual ways of transmission and actual ways to protect yourself so that we're not having um, inflammatory conversations around something that we don't know anything about, right? Right. Can I add to that? And also being mindful if there's something you don't know, um, because As a clergy person, there are some clergy who think that they can do it all, right? Being okay with knowing that, you know what, I'm here, I'm called to do this thing, and it's okay to invite other people in your space, your faith space, to teach about something that you know your congregation or your your faith um, community will need to know. So just being able to just be accountable for what you know uh, your people need. Melissa, that's so interesting because medical professionals are like that too, right? We think we know everything <laughs> and we don't, right? And even though, I mean, no, it's it's true. Yeah. It's true. Like, because there's a, you know, there's a high level of, of education and a high level of responsibility. So a lot of times you, you'd feel like you kind of know some things, mm-hmm. even though the, the term like lifelong learners is always kind of put out there, but we know what's up, right? Mm-hmm. And so being able to bridge mm-hmm. and say, okay, I don't know what you know. Okay, that's what you know. This is what I know, yes. and coming together and saying, "Okay, how can we make this better?" Right? Yes, that's that's community for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, you mentioned faith spaces. You know, being a vehicle where sexuality and sexuality education can happen. And you mentioned how you know uh, medical providers and health workers need to be able to go to these faith spaces or speak to to faith and. And so my final question for both of you, we'll start with you, Shay, is why is that bridge between faith and health so important? 
I think probably the biggest reason is because of what bridges do. It brings people together, right? It it takes something from one side, the other side, and it brings people together. We don't do well when we're not. We don't have space to get to the other side of a thing, right? And I think that we have to live in community with one another. We have to be able to get to um, information um, that we don't know. We have to be able to get into spaces that, you know, we don't know everything. It doesn't make sense to me when um, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to piece together, um, you know, some information and there's someone out there that has it and I don't ask. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, that's that's why it's important. There are so many people that we see in different um, stages of their lives and um, with various um, challenges in their bodies, and they are people of faith. And they call on both. They need both, right? They need to call on their faith, and they need to for healthcare professionals to do what we do, right? And they need both in that space to flourish. That's why we need the bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. Melissa, how about you? Oh, so faith is an action word for me um, as I think of faith. And when I think of faith and community and health and and us as beings, um, the reason I started Holy Ground was because I knew that it take mind, body, and spirit um, aligning together in order to believe you can be what the universe has called you to be. Um, and studies even show that people who pay attention to their bodies are um, more prone to being able to have a, a consistent faith ritual. So yes, for me, uh, faith is about, um, and this bridge of, um, of health is important because if we don't see that uh, hope exists within ourselves and within our bodies, knowing that um, we can be healed, um, then we will miss the mark um, when it comes to other people. Because faith, while it's a, a, a community thing, it's also a personal thing. And as I sit and reflect on um, how I was raised in the church, uh, just mindful that um, there were times where I didn't believe God showed up for me. But on a Sunday, someone would stand up and share their testimony, and they would say how God showed up for them. And knowing that um, before I didn't really believe in science like I did now, but knowing that God created everything and mm -hmm. science is here. It's important for us to know that each of us have a part to this puzzle and it's going to take mm -hmm. you all sharing what you have um, into this space, giving other people hope that the divine of their understanding will heal them and you can trust in other people as well as the divine of their understanding that they can believe in because it, it's, it takes components to faith. Yeah. It takes components and different um, entities to our healing. So yes, it's definitely important. For sure. Either of you have anything you want to add before we close? 
why we lean to the side at the same time. <laughs> Let's see. I I think for me, just making sure that people um, stay open minded, you know, to um, this work and and the task at hand, and um, understanding that it is important work and work that needs to be done. There's nothing that we we're not an island, you know. There's nothing that we can do. Um, in this great thing by ourselves. Yeah. Yes, I, I'll just share that I believe that there's hope for, for each of us. And as we evolve, um, I look at our next generation and I, I see that and believe that things are going to be, be different, uh, if you will. But I'm also mindful that there are some of us that are still kind of stuck. So my hope and prayer is that, as you shared before, we are open-minded to new hopes and new healing yeah. and, and in ways that are authentic to each of us. And that we hold ourselves accountable when we know something that we can share that's going to benefit your people your tribe, your your faith community, your family, knowing that you can just practice with the people you know first. Yeah. And just that little bit will be able to be spread amongst this world. Thank you. Well, in the spirit of hope and in the spirit of community, I would love for both of you to let folks know where they can connect with you uh, online if they want to, you know, have a touch point, learn some more things. Uh, well, you all can email me um, at patricehaw22 at gmail.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-E-S-H-A-W-22 at gmail.com. That's the easiest way. So you can send me a message, a message on Twitter at M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-S, so Melissa M-S, or you can go to holyground.org, W-H-O-L-Y dot org, and send a message there and find out about Holy Ground Spiritual Center. Well, a big thank you to Shay and Melissa. Once again, I'm Reverend Demi McCoy, and this has been another Black Faith and HIV Table Talk. Stay tuned for another one, Faith Against Stigma. She's mom.